You can catch me later in the morning Out with my whole team, we drank our ass off I'ma be the one that's chillin', sittin' cozy With the OG vintage snapback on You can catch me later in the morning Out with my whole team, we drank our ass off I'ma be the one that's chillin', sittin' cozy With the OG vintage snapback on Welcome to episode seven of Snapbacks and Mimosas. I am your gracious host, Enosa Erigi, aka Cheeseburg Eddie. For those that's watching, you remember that name. Um, I have a great guy, one of my brothers, uh, Travis White, on the call with me, on the episode with me. And um, I'm just glad that, you know, he's here with me. Uh, how's it going, Travis? What's up, Eddie? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for coming and uh how's uh how's life in quarantine oh you know um we're grinding but we're getting by you know um it's been a little different for i think for me i mean everybody's got their own situation but uh my wife is uh six months pregnant so Mm -hmm. we are you know trying to deal with in quarantine uh with our very first pregnancy and this is my wife's first time being pregnant. And, you know, it's fun when um, you can enjoy all of the things that come with pregnancy, you know, like having baby showers and, mm-hmm. you know, doing gender reveals and, you know, getting together with other soon to be moms and all that stuff. But we can't do any of that. So, yes. <laughs> and I can't even go fly. Yeah, and I can't even go to the doctor's office and see my my baby on, um, you know, the ultrasound. So mm-hmm. they don't let me in. So yeah, it's been it's been my situation. I'm sure everybody is dealing with a lot of hard stuff right now. Um, but yeah, that's just one one thing we're going through that's been a little challenging. On top of a lot of other stuff, but you know, we we're, we're staying positive and. Um, Dude, we got a kid on the way. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, that is super cool. That is super <laughs> you know cool. what I mean? Yeah, so I'm excited. Um, I'm not going to let, you know, stuff outside of my control get me down. So, yeah, no, I get that. I understand that. And honestly, like, it's going to be a special baby born in special circumstances. So that's that's yeah. that's amazing. Um, I, I've i just been in the house, honestly. Um, yeah. Plotting. <laughs> the world man so there you go man you know, one episode at a time and there's there's two types of people in the world the people in quarantine who just you know play video games and eat away and i don't know do whatever and then there's the people who like put their head down and like say how can i make this you know how can i better myself during this time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that and that was that was a that was an internal conversation with myself because it could have gone either either way. Like you could be yeah, super for lazy, sure. like, you know, yeah. um, but I'm glad I started it. And, and, and uh, I actually have to thank you for helping me uh, get it started and definitely give you your roses sure. while you're here. Cause I, I text you about it and asked you a lot of questions and you were very receptive to helping me and, uh, you know, getting those like questions, those small questions that I may have that, you know, could either sway me one way or another. Um, so mm-hmm. I do appreciate that, honestly. For sure, dude. Absolutely. Happy to help. Awesome, man. So um, 
Yeah, so I, I wanted to catch up with you and I, I wanted to, you know, tell kind of tell your story from our point of view to like our friend group. That's just the whole point of this whole mm-hmm. this whole podcast. It's just like I think that from knowing you from college into where you are now, it's just like an amazing like growth story. And um, we could just start like college because that's where I met you. <laughs> thing yeah. Started and um, I know when I first I when I first met you, that was just like rush time, and you're you're mm-hmm. uh, doing the whole uh, rushing, and I was a big eyed freshman. Uh, coming into a new world of college and yep. uh, it was either I recruited right was yeah, that the one rec- that yeah, yeah you're the one that recruited that's right me. yeah because- Where, do you remember the first time I approached um, so, like, I was- approached I talk like I'm like going to pick up chicks like yeah like it's the same thing though when you're like rushing fraternity like you yeah. approach new members that you potentially want to join and you gotta you gotta sweet talk them you know <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is and it was I, I know it was that we were, we're at the uc and it okay was, it was a long day for me and they're <clears> like um they have food at uh whatever moody towers and this was okay. before this is before they did the, did the whole renovation and i was like uh i don't know if i want to go eat there i want to probably just go to wendy's and get like some a burger or something and then uh you came up to me and you're like i'll come come hang out with us. We're, we're grilling. We're like, we're, we're having fun. We're, you know, we're <laughs> on the ball run. I'm, I'm just like, you're in with hamburgers. <laughs> with hamburgers. And I'm like, dude, I'm starving. Like, <laughs> how did he know? <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. And, um, I mean, honestly, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go. And I walked, yeah. cause this is orientation. So I'm walking from Moody and you know how you walk from Moody to Bayou, you got to cross over. Yep, that's a pretty long walk. <laughs> yeah, yep. you know, over yonder, you don't even know where you're going. You're like, Especially hoping. in the Texas heat, yep. Yeah, you're like, yeah. where is this guy taking me, man? <laughs> like, what am I? <laughs> I was like, is this the part where they kill me? Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> it's not, this is not how I was envisioning my first day. Uh, but yeah. we get there and we get to the house and everyone's there. And it's, it, it turns out to be like, a mini party because yeah. like there's food but like i just remember like marcus was there and he was drinking uh mm-hmm. he was drinking dr pepper out of the the big bottle <laughs> but it, but we all know it wasn't just dr pepper but like of course, probably something in there. yeah something else and i was just and it was just a good time it wasn't even like yeah it wasn't like i was like starry-eyed like oh wow like it was just like i genuinely had like a great time Fun. and i had yeah. I had a, I just got these beats for graduation and I was like, and I told you this, I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, Travis, I just got these beats and I can't lose them. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, I don't remember that specifically, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's funny. Did you, did yeah. you, you didn't lose them, right? I didn't lose them. Cause I gave them to you and you mm. went and put them somewhere in the house somewhere. So I wouldn't lose them. Kept them safe for you. Yeah, I, but I was having such a great time <clears throat> that I once I was done having a good time, I left and went back to Moody and completely forgot about. Forgot you had the. <laughs> I forgot I had the beats. And I call you the next day. I'm texting like, dude, yeah. I forgot my beats. And, and in my head, I'm just like, dude, you're not about to help a freshman out with some stupid. <laughs> 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 like, 
I'm like, dude, I already sold them on eBay, yeah. bro. I already made like, like 500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and no, you were just like, yeah, they're, they're right here. Come over and, and pick them up. And like once that yeah. happened, I was like, I'm so like, these guys are cool. I'm going to come back over here. Like that was it. Like, yeah, and that was the story. How you got me. To oh, I, I saved your beats. <laughs> you that's saved you, my beats. That's what you gotta do, man. <laughs> no, but there's a there's like a little nugget in there, right? Like people respond to you to someone who like genuinely cares. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that I think was a big selling point. <clears throat> Not even a selling point, just a fact about the fraternity that we were in. Yeah. Like those guys were so genuine. It wasn't your typical frat. Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. like it, it, like we were like a real group of brothers. We were a brotherhood. You know, it was, it was, you know, we could rely on each other. Each person cared about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had parties and, you know, we did mixers with sororities and had fun, but you know, we also cared about the community. We had a lot of uh, charity events. Mm-hmm. And I think like that, that was the highlight of me, uh, at least for my college life, you know, oh, was being for sure. Fraternity for yeah. Sure. And I mean, being coming from high school and you just, all, all I did was band. <laughs> and yeah. the tra- me too, bro. Me <laughs> yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like that was like another, another world, but I still <laughs> felt like that same, like con- genuine connection that I had in, in the band. I, I found that same connection at podcast so it was an it was an easy easy transition yeah. for me to be like okay yeah i can hang out here but yeah and, and that leads me to like being in the fraternity with you and and watching you like how how you maneuvered you know and like first of all we had the frontier fiesta and you're always on stage and having a stage presence and um i guess i would say being the face of pike i at the time you were um and then knowing that okay at the time i think i was a sophomore and you had you were working in you're an you're working in it was it oil and gas or engineering uh yeah i had an internship at bp during that mm-hmm. time in houston yeah oil and gas and and that was and, and seeing that like dang and he has a like internship like awesome like he's doing yeah. it right like i want to i want to like, follow that trajectory trajectory there we go boom um (laughs) (laughs) and then you coming in the meeting and saying i'm 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 going to not do that and follow actually my dreams of doing like what you're doing now being more uh how would i say it being a creative you know creative entrepreneur exactly yeah Yeah. following your own like your own like mindset and goals and, and not just being okay with be, of making it like the terms of making it out of college right like, uh, you know right getting a and, nine to five graduate yeah. with a degree yeah and working for the man until you're old and die and graduate with a 401k yeah exactly exactly yeah and <clears throat> that was that was actually more inspirational than seeing you get for me i don't know about anybody else but like i internally took it that way like dang because i don't want to do like i mean i work a nine to five but like who wants to work a nine to five like no one generally wants to clock in and clock out right unless it's something they love and yeah unless yeah exactly yeah Yeah. you know and seeing that was like okay well i can create on my own you know 
So for sure. I, I mean, how was that? How was that? How was that like that internal conversation with yourself? Because I, I, that's not that's not a small thing to like right. jump into. Right. Um, not easy. I'll tell you that. Um, <clears throat> for several reasons. The first was that, you know, I, while I did take out school loans and I paid for a lot of my own college, you know, I also had as much as my parent, my parents aren't wealthy, they're not rich, but mm-hmm. you know, we're middle-class, you know, working class Americans. And so my dad being the hard worker that he is, um, did, was able to help me a little bit with college. Mm-hmm. And so when I graduated with, with a degree, I kind of felt like I owed my parents for me to go out and get a job and work hard because they put, they financially gave me support um, while I was in school. And so that was one internal battle was what am I going to tell my parents? Mm-hmm. Um, the next internal battle was, can I do it? Can I actually, yeah. can I actually be successful if I, and I'll tell you what, man, like that's something that I think I still battle with as like kind of that imposter syndrome type thing. Yeah. But, um, a lot, what I came to discover and we can talk specifics like that where I ended up now is not where I started when I quit BP yeah, and started. Yeah. Um, and you know, cause I think when I first quit BP, like I tried to be uh, a male model. Like I, I tried to go to New York. I tried to get signed by mm-hmm. like modeling agencies. I like, that was the dream quote unquote for me when I pursued that. And like, so I've hopped around quite a bit to now becoming like a YouTuber who talks about grooming and hair and style. So like, there's been a lot of, obviously finding my path along the way. And I think that's one, another lesson people can take is that the plan's not always a plan. Yeah, plan yeah. The plan is going to change and you need to learn how to adapt when you are stepping out into the unknown. And um, so, but the two big questions were, what are my parents going to think? And am I even capable of doing something like this? And um, I think oftentimes when people are, thinking about quitting something or taking a step, taking a risk and doing something that is completely in their mind, crazy, mm-hmm. or at least what society deems as crazy. Um, you come up with a lot of stories that you tell yourself. You come up with a lot of what if this happens? What if that happens? This is how like this could, it could happen this way. And then, and, and I could be homeless or I could go and pursue this, and then nobody cares what I have to say. Nobody listens to anything. And they, and I have to go back and get a job anyways. And then I wasted two or three years and now I'm having to climb the corporate ladder late. And like, these are all these scenarios that go through your mind and what you need to learn how to do if you're going to take those risks is to silence that voice mm-hmm. and not listen, like just basically not listen to those doubtful because they're just thoughts literally they're just nothings like man man created thoughts like you create those own thoughts yeah Mm -hmm. i i created those what ifs like those weren't real those weren't based in any sort of reality it wasn't based because if you look at actually the track record that i've had everything that i attempted i was successful at and so i'm not i'm not looking at the reality 
of the track record that I've had through college, I'm looking at the fear mm -hmm. that doesn't even exist. It's not even manifested. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. So you had to learn how to not listen to that story in your mind and actually say, you know what? I have no idea how people are going to respond. They might love my YouTube channel. They might love the content I put out. They might resonate with it. They might think it's the best thing they've ever heard in their life. I don't know. They could love it or hate it, but I'm not going to actually know that until I take action and try it. Mm -hmm. So many people don't even take action and try it because they let those voices that don't even exist. They're literally, you know, I like to think of thoughts as like a, just like a stream of water running and, and, and you can, and there's thoughts like little fishes that these are the thoughts running through the water and you can either pick it up and say, this is the truth. Mm -hmm. Or you can just say, bye fishy. Yes. Let swimming. it go. Yeah. Let it go. All right. Next thought comes by. Oh, do I want this? Oh, okay. Bye. And so that's what I would say to anyone struggling with any sort of big decision or risk that they're trying to take is, you actually have no idea what the reality is going to be. And it could be everything you ever wanted. And you're not going to know until you actually take action. Yeah. And you, you've had that, you had that internal conversation. How was it mm -hmm. uh, vocalizing that to your parents and um, having them okay with you taking that step? In a different direction. Well, I also, I would say that those fears that I had, those two big fears, can I do this? And what will my parents think? Mm -hmm. The second, what will my parents think was also a story in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought that they were going to say, you know, we, we helped you pay for college. You need to find a secure nine to five. You need to be, you need to have stability. You need to have a retirement plan. You need to be successful at, and work your way up the corporate ladder. Like that was what was going through my mind. Those are the thoughts and those are the fishies running mm -hmm. through the stream of what I thought they were going to say. But the reality, what, what happened was my mom and dad said, Travis, I want you to be the happiest person that you can be. And if that means pursuing this, then please do it. Mm -hmm. That's and, awesome. And, and it wasn't even a second thought. And in my mind, I'm, well, first of all, I'm like, I love my parents so much. They're <laughs> yeah, the greatest yeah. parents on the planet. Cause I know not everyone's parents. I'm not going to act like, you know, that's going to happen for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I know, I know, like I married an Indonesian, you know, I know specifically the Asian culture. Um, they're very, very strict on, th on, on, academics and doctor lawyer engineer yeah. you know the, like so i'm not going to act like oh it's just a story that you don't have to listen to you go tell but what i am going to say is you won't actually know or even begin to change or persuade someone's mind especially your parents unless you have that conversation and you'll feel guilty and resent yourself if you don't have that conversation because if you do have that conversation and they, and they say exactly what you thought they were going to say, at least you were honest mm -hmm. and you don't have to carry the weight of, of that guilt inside of you whenever you go and pursue what you're going to pursue. I mean, and, and you can't pursue that, that dream on a clear mind or a, a light heart or, you know, full steam ahead because you have something weigh you down in terms mm -hmm. like your parents 
Um, yeah, and I, I agree with that. I mean, I've seen I've seen that come being being a Nigerian and my parents mm-hmm. being immigrants. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Is they need you to do this certain way because they that's the way they know that you're going to make money in the world and be successful and be healthy and right. So I, I totally well, that's the it. way they know. They, yeah, that, that exactly. that's the way that they were raised mm-hmm. and that they've seen the blueprint that worked mm-hmm. for them. Exactly. So, and, and that's another thing is that you don't have, like there can be multiple blueprints to success and th- the blueprint that worked for them doesn't have to be the blueprint that works for you, but, but you also, it's hard to get someone to see another blueprint when they're like, Nope, I was successful with this one. Yeah. You need to, you need to follow this blueprint because this is what worked for us. And this is what you have to do. Yeah. But then you look at other people following thousands of different blueprints and you're like, but what about all these blueprints? (laughs) Look at that blueprint. Look at that blueprint. Look at that blueprint. That's not yours. Mm -hmm. And then you start to realize that, it's not the blueprint. It's you taking action and pursuing something full out. And that action, you create your own blueprint. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people I think struggle with is creating your own blueprint is much scarier than following a blueprint that you know works. That's facts. That's facts because it's it, a it, lot scarier you don't know you, you, there's the unknown and it's like walking in the dark what whatever turn you make you might hit a wall you mm-hmm. might you know stub your toe it's just it, no one likes to walk in the unknown and yeah it, that's that's crazy so but but every single person that has created their own blueprint and succeeded has set up has been a trendsetter like they've mm-hmm. set a path that where there wasn't a path before you could follow that now yeah yeah and now you can follow that mm-hmm. something that did not exist now exists and you can look at people like elon musk you can look at you know michael jackson you can look at uh joe rogan you can look mm-hmm. at just all of these people who created their own blueprint and now people other people say look he he did this this is this is my dream where they before didn't have that dream that blueprint was nothing that blueprint yeah. was invisible and now it exists you're literally when you take action on what you want to do if you're a creator or whatever you're trying to do you're you're not only creating something for yourself you're inspiring other people who might want to do the same thing but it is scary because like i'm not going to sit here and say like that it's a cinderella story every time yeah, you know like like some people can fail in fact a lot of the people that i mentioned failed many many before, many times yeah. mm-hmm. before succeeding and that's what i said when i when in the beginning you know if i had followed my original blueprint i would be walking runways in new york right now modeling but that blue i failed like that blueprint failed can, can you and, take me through that through that whole like that sure. first attempt yeah um well, it started, I guess, in college. Um, you you probably remember this girl, uh, 
Desiree Gonzalez. She's Delta Yama. Do you remember mm-hmm. her? Yeah. I think Desiree, I think Gonzalez was her last name. But she was a she was a DG at the time at University of Houston. And um she had invited me. She she was a she worked for a fashion boutique store. She worked something in fashion mm-hmm. or like a bridal company or something like that. And they were doing a uh fashion show at the bridal extravaganza in Houston at the George R. Brown Convention Center. And one of her male models had dropped out like last second. And so she like had no idea what to do. She was like missing a model. And I remember her texting me and saying, Hey, are you free at this time at this place? Like we need a male model. And I was like, Like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, I don't know anything about male modeling. I was like, you want me to blue steel this stuff? Right. Yeah. Like, is it going to be like flashing lights in a studio? She said, no, no, no. You're honestly, you're just going to be like, um, you're just going to be a wall standing. It's like the bride is going to be the main show. And you're literally, you're just going to be standing there in a tuxedo, like not doing anything. Like the bride is going to be walking around you and everyone's going to be looking at the bride. Like, don't even worry about it. I was like, okay, cool. Sure. I'll fill in. So I went and they put, like, sure enough, they put me in a tuxedo um i just went out on the runway not knowing what the hell i'm doing i just stood there and was like everyone's looking at the bride and then i walked off and i was like oh she was right cool i didn't have to do anything (laughs) and so while i was there i met the two other guys who were modeling and they're like hey you have a really good modeling look you should come to the local neil hamill agency and like do a Mm -hmm. casting call or something so i went to neil hamill um like two or three weeks later and having no portfolio whatsoever nothing i'd never even taken photos before and they were like oh do you have a portfolio and i was like nope um but i guess they saw potential and uh they signed me like that like right then and there wow and then they said all right you need to go get headshots taken from they like gave me a photographer they're like you need to go get shots taken and get your comp card made and all this stuff so fast forward like two years, I was just doing random jobs in Houston, like Academy and um, just like, I don't even remember. There's like local boutique stores that mm-hmm. I would model for. And eventually I was like, you know, there's something here. I want to pursue this. And so I went back to my agency and I was like, hey, can you guys set up meetings for me in New York? Like, I want to make a run at this. I want to go. And they were like, um, you know, sure. Yeah. They, uh, they're like, you probably need to like lose five pounds or lose 10. you like, you need to change your hairstyle. You need to, they were telling me all these things that all New York things, yeah. look for and that I'm, um, you know, I need to make these style changes and clothing changes and grooming changes. And so I ended up going to New York and meeting with these agencies and ha- I just had the worst experience of ever. Like I, I stayed in New York for I think two weeks. Um, and what happened was I think um, I had an expectation of how it was going to go. Not, not that I thought I was going to walk into these agencies and they're going to sign me, but I think I had it in my mind that they were, they would at least be like polite or they would be like mm, friendly or they yeah. would be, cause I, I grew up in Houston, Texas, like every, Southern hospitality, dude. Like, like everyone in Houston is 
polite and they're friendly and they're like, oh yeah, come on in. Well, here, share a drink with me. Here, here, have this. And that's just what I grew up with. And I walk into these agencies and literally like the, the head of the agency is standing there and, and I walk in with like my little iPad portfolio and literally he won't even, he won't even say hello. Like he just sends his little messenger person to like do, do her, do his bidding. And she, and she goes back and like whispers in his ear and like, and then he, he whispers back and she comes and says, Oh yeah, thanks for coming by. We'll let you know. And I'm just like, hi. Yeah. I'm like, hello, I'm a human, but obviously like, it it just put a really bad taste in my mouth for how the industry is and mm-hmm. basically that unless you're the most gorgeous specimen on the planet you're not given the time of day to be treated as a human being and um and so i was just like you know i don't know if this is actually my dream anymore like mm-hmm. like and not to mention the questionable things that photographers want you to do in order to take photos yeah. And that's a, that's another story for another podcast, but it just wasn't, um, it became not worth it to me anymore to chase that sort of fame and fortune. But I will say one thing that I got out of it was I really learned how to dress better. Like mm-hmm. I had no, like you remember me in college, like I yeah. was wearing like Sperry's and like, <laughs> you know, like we, baggy, we all? baggy yeah. jeans <laughs> And like tank top, neon, neon hats, yeah. like trucker hat. Like, dude, I didn't know what the hell how to dress. I didn't yeah, know yeah. how to look sharp. And like, so if if I learned anything from modeling, it was okay. Like, you can literally change your appearance and uh, and have an amazing first impression on people. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, there. And so so I came back from New York, and I and I wanted to try that uh, at my at my internship at BP. Well, actually it wasn't an internship anymore. It was, I got hired from them. Mm -hmm. This is like a year or two later, they hired me uh, to be working for them. And so I think I just graduated from U of H and I'm working full-time at BP. And I like took two weeks vacation to go to New York and then came back and I'm still, I still got my BP job, but now I have to decide what I want to do because I was miserable at BP. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to dress I'm going to dress up at work and just see what happens and see if there's anything different that happens. And so I go to work. Normally I wear super baggy, like dockers, like <laughs> as my slacks and like these yeah, yeah. duck, duck shoes and um, some like U of H polo from the golf team or something. Mm-hmm. And so instead I wore like tailored, like super fly chinos with like double monk straps. I wore like a, a fitted blazer and like a really fitted button down shirt. And I'm just looking fly. I just remember looking in the mirror. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, finally you know how to dress. <laughs> <laughs> and so I walk, I walk into BP and all of a sudden all my coworkers are like, oh what? my gosh, yeah. like you look so good today. What, like, what's going on? What, what's a special occasion? Everyone's asking me what's different. It's what always a doing? special occasion. It's always a special yeah. occasion. <laughs> and I, you know, and I just say, thank you. You know, I'm just practicing presenting myself better. Mm-hmm. And my boss comes up to me and he's like, um, he's like, Hey Travis, you know, what, um, what are you, what are you so dressed up for today? Oh, you know, uh, Danny, I'm just working on dressing better and uh, presenting myself better. And he's like, so you're not, 
interviewing for other positions at like on your lunch break or anything are you like he thought that i'm dressed up because i'm uh, yeah. going and scoping out a competition and trying yeah. to interview for jobs and getting headhunted or whatever and i was like no no i was like i'm not doing any of that i'm just you know working on dressing better that's all he's like okay so then a couple hours pass and um and he's like he calls me actually on my way out and he just says, hey, Travis, I just want to let you know, um, I took a look at your salary and you're about three, 4% under what the market rate is for your going position. And we just wanted to give you 3% raise. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And literally did not do anything else differently. I didn't mm -hmm. work harder. I didn't bring a proposal to him that was going to increase our revenue or like do anything. I literally, the only change I made was I dressed better for that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's amazing. And I got a, wow. and I got a raise from it. And so from that moment, I was like, okay, like guys need to know about this. Yeah. Like men need to know that dressing well equals opportunities that you might not have ever had mm -hmm. and it might be a raise or it might be somebody approaching you or it might be you having the confidence to approach someone or it might be you go to a networking event and you meet some important individual that will change your life like it doesn't really matter what the situation is i'm not saying you're going to dress up and get a raise i am saying that you're putting yourself in a position to where when you present yourself well good things could happen and is that, you know, shallow? Is that maybe, but that's like, that's human nature. And that's just how people are. And when you present yourself as best as you can, like opportunities happen. And I was like, all right, I'm starting like a fashion blog. And here mm -hmm. I am like getting all shiny object. I'm like, I don't know the first thing about fashion. I just knew that you had to like tailor, get your suit tailored. So I'm just like, I don't care. I'm starting a fashion yeah. blog guys know you know how to do this and i have modeling experience so i'm like you know i'm just gonna take photos of outfits yeah go back to my like my very beginning my instagram page like i had no idea how to dress like i was <laughs> i thought the outfits that looked amazing were like <laughs> they're horrible dude like but i didn't care because and that's another lesson is that it doesn't matter if you're good or bad it matters that you just take action because you're gonna get better. Yeah, yeah. It's you a will vision. learn. You will learn. Not even a vision. It's it's you're going to learn real fast what is not good because you're gonna get feedback from the public. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. That's gonna, true. And you're gonna say like, they're literally they're gonna tell you like, what is this? Like, nah, bro. They, oh, <laughs> but nobody nobody wants to get that negative feedback, so they don't even mm -hmm. take action. They don't even start. So I, I just started and I, I, what I thought was good wasn't good, but it didn't matter because I was learning and I was getting better. Mm -hmm. And dude, I, in literally one year, I, I just got like a hundred thousand subscribe followers on Instagram. And this is way back in like 2015 or something like mm -hmm. that, 2014. And, um, and I really quickly found out that again, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to monetize this. I didn't know how to make money from it. I didn't know uh, if how I just knew that something was happening 
and it was it was another outlet it was the it was new york all over again mm-hmm. it was it was me seeing an opportunity to succeed and so what i did was um i searched for guys in the men's fashion blogging industry who were successful who were making money and who were doing very well for themselves and i found a guy who had like 2 million subscribers on YouTube, maybe like one and a half at the time, um, putting out videos on style for men, um, had a blog that got a million hits a month. And, you know, he's selling a men's style course. You know, obviously I'm not first to the game here. There's guys who've done it already and they're already succeeding. But I saw that he had a really crappy Instagram. So I just sent him an email and was like, Hey man, I just made a hundred thousand subscribers on Instagram in 12 months. I would love to help you run your Instagram in exchange for just, I would just love to uh, pick your brain about how you're succeeding in this business. That's crazy. I didn't hear from him for a while. Um, It took probably two or three emails for his assistant to even respond. And I ended up getting like a 20 minute phone call with him and I took it on my lunch break at BP. And I don't remember the exact, how the conversation went exactly, but it ended with us, with him basically asking me to write a guest post for his website. And, and, and also I gave him advice on his Instagram. He's like, yeah, you know, that's not that important to me right now. It's not making me any money. Like, but here's what is important to me. He's like, can you write, you know? And, and I had written a few articles on my rinky dink blog that I started (laughs) and I sent it to him. I was like, yeah, check out these articles. And they weren't good, but I think he, he saw like someone who was coachable and someone who had potential. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. I ended up writing two or three articles for him. And eventually he asked me to, uh, to be his content manager, but I had to audition for it. I, I, didn't, I didn't just get hired immediately. He basically, I had to, he put me through the ringer, man. He put me through yeah. the ringer for like a month, a month That's and awesome. a half. And was like, you need to send me a strategy plan on how we're going to grow YouTube by, you know, 500,000 subscribers in the next 12 months. You need to send me a strategy on how we're going to, um, you know, increase our revenue by selling our information products. Like I literally was like, had no idea what to do, but I, but I was applying myself and I was like, I don't think he was looking for the perfect plan. I think he was looking for uh, someone who he can would take action. In. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a, it, Essentially, you sound like an apprentice. Like you, like he, he was grooming you to get to a position where, honestly, you wouldn't need him to be who you wanted to become. And the fact that you, you sought out this a, a person. It doesn't matter who it is, but you, you, you had an a, a vision of what you wanted, and you went and looked for someone that looked closely to that what you wanted to become and sought him out for you know advice and and uh, guidance i don't think a mm-hmm. lot of people would do that like that's not a normal uh step someone would take and, but at the end of the day it pays off to be proactive that way yeah i think um <clears throat> i think a lot of people and it's not that they wouldn't do it it's that they don't know how mm-hmm. or they're scared to Yes. reach out to that yes. seemingly unreachable entrepreneur 
who like it's like you're you know you're starting a podcast like what if you just emailed joe rogan and was like hey i would love to mm-hmm. you know work for you and like discover how you're doing all this and discover podcasting and editing and like it's like most people won't do that so the ones who do and actually have something happen from it even if it's not i worked for joe rogan now it's it might just be well i actually jamie his editor answered or something and i was able to talk to him for 15 minutes and like mm-hmm. and you then you could get like his nugget of in of like it who knows the, yeah the, that's yeah. the point is who knows no exactly. you don't actually know until you try it and and so i created this new opportunity for myself simply because i put myself out there i reached out to someone who i knew was successful not even expecting him to answer and that's another thing is don't do it with expectations. Mm-hmm. I, I just reached out to him. I, re- I probably reached out to like three or four other people too. But this, this one was the one that actually I got a response from. And I, I ended up working for him for three years. And so I didn't jump ship from BP to like, I was on, imagine BP is like a yacht and I'm living on this yacht. Like, and I remember at one point I posted like, I'm going and starting my own thing and I'm quitting PP. I posted on Facebook at one point. And I, so I didn't really jump from this yacht, like into an ocean with no life jacket. Like I jumped from a yacht to like a lifeboat mm-hmm. because I, I, even though I, I, I went, I started working for Antonio. That's his name, Antonio from real men, real style. I went and worked for him. I took a significant pay cut. I lost my retirement. Mm-hmm. I didn't lose it. I, I was luckily I had stayed at BP for three years. So I was vested so I can roll it over to an IRA. So I kept it. Um, but I lost my health insurance. You know, I lost the 70 or 80,000 a year I was making straight out of college and literally was like, holy crap, what am I doing? But I, I was so much more fulfilled because this was something that I enjoyed and it was something I was passionate about. And it was something where I saw I could make a difference in people's lives. So all of that made the pay cuts worth it. Yeah. It made, yeah. made everything worth it because what I learned from Antonio, I use every single day on my own business. I literally, I learned how to, how to write copy. I learned how to, uh, you know, run a website. I learned SEO. I learned uh, how to create, thumbnails on YouTube and write headlines that people want to click. I learned how to create content that is better than the average and, and that people want to share. Like literally all these things that you learn that I learned from my, from Antonio and the people, the network of people he introduced me to. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably the most uh, valuable thing you get from a successful mentor is not, you, you don't just learn valuable skills. You get access to their network. To their network. Yes. Yeah. That alone is priceless because I have literally met every single person who is successful in this space, you know, and I'm not here to brag or name drop or anything. I'm just saying that when you have a mentor and all of that happened because I reach out to someone not knowing what was going to happen. And the, and, and that's what people who want to do something need to do. They need yeah. to just reach out. It's simple. Who cares what, what, you know, you might not hear anything, but you might. 
Yeah. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. That's the thing is you don't know. But you have a lot of stories in your head about why the idea you have isn't going to work. But you never actually know what the reality is going to be until you try. And and so now currently you you have your own groom grooming. Like how did that transition from fashion um, mm-hmm. move over to this to this uh, I guess? Well, I'm still doing fashion. Mm-hmm. So I you know lately I've been doing a lot of videos about um, hair and grooming simply because when I started pursuing YouTube really strongly about when quarantine started. So I was doing Instagram and my blog for like uh, two, two or three years after I left working for Antonio and I was making decent money, getting sponsors and um, affiliates. And Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say I was rolling in it. I'm, you know, and this is another thing is like, I'm still working. I'm still not where I want to be yet. So I don't want anyone listening to say like, Oh, he's, he's made it. Like I, I really haven't, I'm still grinding every day um so but when you know when quarantine hit like all the sponsors like dropped out and like the fashion stuff my my local fashion consulting business like went to down the drain and like i took a really big hit when Mm -hmm. quarantine happened and so i needed to find something quick that i could um build and I just started talking about, I literally would publish a video, two videos a week, just talking about stuff I knew. I would talk about style. I would talk about confidence. I would talk about self-development. I would talk about hair. I would talk about beards. talk about grooming. Like literally as all this stuff that I learned over this last five years, I just talked about all of it. And the, the, I remember the one video that went viral that took off was like five ways to style men's long hair. And like that video took off. Yeah. And I was like, okay, there's something here. Yeah. Let me, let me just put out more content about hair and see if people resonate with this. And keep in mind, I didn't just dilly dally and put out whatever about hair. Like I was like, you know what? I'm going to put out the best hair videos on the web. Like I didn't just say, oh, let me just throw together a few I was like, nah, I'm going to find science. I'm going to find the research. I'm going to find studies. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm literally going to provide as much value as I can Mm -hmm. and help and help men with their hair growth journey or with whatever they're struggling with. And there was something there and guys started subscribing guys started, you know, I created a Facebook group and literally we became a community. We became an online fraternity. You know, like we came, we became this like online brotherhood of men growing out their hair who are struggling and want help. Yeah. Like, how do we not have frizzy hair? How do we not have oily hair? How, like, how do you wash your hair correctly? Like guys have, most men in the world have short hair. Yeah. And so when guys start to grow their hair out, they're not going to go watch I mean, some guys might, but not every guy is going to go watch the beauty channels on how to, on how to take care of their hair. So I was like, you know what, let's, let's create a community of men who can, this is where they can go to figure out how they can style their hair, take care of their hair, um, groom their hair, groom their beards, whatever it is that they're doing. And I'll still go, I'm, 
dude, I have plans to go back to fashion. I have plans to go back to style. I have plans to go back to my roots because that I, I love all those things. That's what I know. But this is this was where I hit like mm-hmm. I found something mm-hmm. and I just started using. And had I not worked for Antonio for those three years, I probably wouldn't have been able to to put together the content to package it in a really compelling thumbnail to put really good headlines on my videos to um, you know put out amazing content. I learned all that from him. And so like, that's what I'm saying. I didn't plan when I was in college and I, and I quit BP to go start a hair YouTube channel. I planned to go walk runways in New York city. Yeah. Yeah. But now this is where I ended up because you got to be willing to adapt and you have to be willing to look at where opportunities are and look at what you know and where those opportunities meet what you know. And then take action. Like that, yeah. if I could leave, leave the listeners one thing, it would be stop listening to the voices in your head and just do it. Just take action because you have no idea what's actually going to happen. And it's probably completely different than the story you're telling yourself. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, I know that when I started this, this whole journey of the podcast, um, it was an idea that I've had a long time ago. Like it, it was, it was me that was stopping myself from actually stop from actually, you know, starting it because um, who would, who would listen, you know, like who, yep. who am I, who am I reaching out to? Like, like, what am I going to say? Um, but it wasn't until I got into quarantine where I had nothing to do. Like I literally, you, you, there's nothing for you to do, but to choose which way you want to go, you know? Um, that I was like, all right, I got to do it. And honestly, um, putting out these episodes have, has been therapeutic because like it gives you things to do and it gives you an outlet to express yourself and I'm all about expressing yourself. So, <laughs> so it's, it's just been, I, I agree with it. And, and I think even listening to you right now, it's like, I'm taking gyms and like, okay, all right, next step, mm. next step, next step. Um, so no, I appreciate that. And, and you, you said you have plans on, on going back. Like what's your, what's your main like vision for yourself? Like, sure. In- yeah. Well, my main vision right now is take care of my family. Yeah. I have, you know, I have a daughter on the way. Um, my main vision is provide for my wife and my kid. Um, and I would love to start a grooming line. At some point, I know that you just got to take action and do it. And mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm dealing with some capital issues from quarantine, but <clears throat> I'm finding solutions for it. I'm you know when when stuff gets tough, you really have to get super unreasonable and make stuff happen and figure out a way to start things when there is no way. And so that's where I'm at right now. Is I want to I want to get this grooming line off the ground. Um, and so I'm working with just like cheap fiber designers on like logos and I'm working with, uh, um, another mentor of mine who I can't really disclose a whole lot of information just for specific reasons on like, you know, uh, what I'm, what I'm going to put out and, and stuff like that. But Basically, I'm working with a mentor who's helping me uh, 
on like formulations and and uh, how to create products and like manufacturing and high quality natural ingredients versus like synthetic ingredients and like what's mm -hmm. the best um that that's my learning curve right now with this grooming line is again stepping into something that i don't know of uh formulations and working with chemists and working with um like the best the highest quality ingredients and once i can get uh, a handle on that then that then i'm definitely gonna be launching that line but long term i'm gonna keep making videos the grooming line is coming at some point and uh, take care of my family. That's honestly the only thing that I'm focused on right now, content, family, and this next venture. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. So you kind of got to have blinders. You have to yeah. have like, you can't really think, I mean, you can, you can plan 10 years, 15 years down the line, but you really have to think and take action day to day, especially at a time like this. Yeah. You know, you really have to narrow your, your window of time frame and think, how can I make stuff happen right now? I think, I think a lot of people, I think that's where a lot of people kind of mess up is that they think too far in advance and there's small goals that must be attained first before you can reach that, that big vision. And mm. I know, uh, I know I've, I've, I've had to like work about like working myself internally about like those small goals and making sure I hit those checkpoints. So even if you do, like, if you think about like a video game, you die, you go back to that checkpoint, you know, right, right, you, right, you right. don't start all the way back. In the <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And, no, I, I get that. I get that. Man. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, another thing that they do is they make these grand statements, like a new year's resolution type type of thing where they, yeah. Yeah they make these grand gestures and write down these humongous goals in a moment of motivation, but it's really the daily tiny things daily that compound over time that lead to the difference between success and failure rather than the grand gesture of a goal. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with planning grand goals. I love people that think big. Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing when people think bigger than, what the average person does. And I think you should think bigger than what the average person does, but think big, but then come back, you know, macro and then come back to the micro as Gary V would say, you know, macro, uh, what does he say? Macro patience, micro hustle. Mm. I think that's Gary V's, uh, one of his quotes is like that, that, yeah, think, think big, but come back zoom back into what's right in front of you and what you can take action on in the, it, right now. And once you, once you stack these wins on top of each other, just tiny little wins, it doesn't have to be the fact that you're putting this podcast out as a win. Yeah. You know, the person who wants to start a podcast, that's still rolling around in their head. They're not actually recording and they're not actually interviewing someone. They're not actually asking questions. Like this is a, this is a tiny win. Yeah, and you keep stacking, yeah. you keep stacking, you keep stacking. And eventually you're going to get to the, whatever your goal is, Spotify deal Spotify. or <laughs> you know, like a big Joe Rogan, Spotify yeah. deal, or who knows what the goal is. A hundred thousand subscribers, hundred thousand downloads. You need to have those KPIs and you need to measure mm -hmm. those, those look at your analytics and have goals that you want to hit 
And that's another thing is to actually measure them and not, not just put stuff out and be like, Oh, how am I doing today? Oh, I lost a thousand subscribers. Okay. You need to actually measure and follow up and, and do things that move the needle. But it all comes down to taking action right now. What is one thing you can do right now that moves you closer and then do that a hundred times and then do that a thousand times and then do that a million times. And after you do that a million times, you're going to be a completely different person. I promise you will be. You're going to be totally different than where you were when you back when you just had the idea. I agree with that. Well, I think that's the perfect, <laughs> perfect spot. It's <laughs> honestly, uh, I usually end with like advice you want to share with the with the listener, but I think you've already said that like throughout the whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate you taking your time, Travis. And, and for sure, man. Thanks for having me. me. Yeah, thank you. And um, go ahead, go ahead and uh, tell us like where we can follow you and and find you. Mm. Trav White everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, travwhite.com, trav-white.com. Um, yeah, I think those are the main platforms I'm on. I'm not on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm considering getting into TikTok, but I haven't fully committed to that yet. So we'll see. Yeah, that, one, that one's up in but, the air. We all know about that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that might be gone anyways in a couple yeah. months. Who knows? <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, that's so Trav White on YouTube, Trav White on Instagram, and trav-white.com. Awesome, awesome. And this is Snapbacks and Mimosas, episode seven. You can go ahead and uh, follow me on Snapbacks yep. and Mimosas on IG, uh, Snapbacks and Mimosas podcast on YouTube, and uh, like, subscribe, comment. That would be amazing. Thank you for joining us, and uh, I'll see you next time. All right, man. Thanks. All right.